What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. This is episode number 275. And this is a special episode. This is normally like our, you know, our Halloween themed kind of fun episode. But it's not only that today, but um, because of a film that came out last Friday on Amazon Prime, the Borat sequel, Borat 2 or Borat with that long title after it, which I don't have <laughs> handy. We're going to give a little bonus conversation, bonus review at the top of the episode. And then we'll get into the fun stuff later on. But. Before we do that, I'm Steve, one of the co-hosts, and I'm here with Ron and John. It's awesome to be back. I'm excited for this episode. Uh, I was excited already just because I love talking Halloween, usually goes in a horror direction, but uh, it kind of came up like we should probably talk a little bit about Borat just because it seems like everybody, uh, at least over the past few days, has been either watching it, talking about it on social media. People that don't post on social media seem to be posting about Borat. To subsequent movie film. Um, so we'll talk about that a little bit in here in a second. Yeah, yeah. What else? What else you want to guys get into before we actually go into reviews or anything pop up between last week and today? Uh, news wise, the rate of Netflix going up a little bit. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just before we yeah. recorded this, yeah, yeah. So, um, in case you are not uh, aware of this, the the rate of uh, Netflix's service is going up. Um, and honestly, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. By how much? Uh, so, so the two tiers, the regular tier is going from 1299 to 1399. So that, oh, so there's, there's the basic, which is 899, uh, the standard, which is now going to be 1399 and the premium, which is going to be 1799. So that's 4k. Um, so we're going to 480, which is the basic 1080, which is the standard and then 4k plus HDR will be the 1799. And the differences in the uses is actually you get one screen with the basic two screens with the standard and four screens simultaneously for 1799. So, um, a difference in $2 for each tier, which is, uh, about what I would I would expect. I mean, they they are producing things at a pretty amazing rate. So it's only right that they charge us a little bit to 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 make up for this production sort of increase. That's that's happened in the last couple of years. Yeah. yeah. The uh the, the the basic one the basic one actually is the same price. Okay, so eight ninety nine is the, the eight, yeah price. that was the oh, one they the introduced price. last year. Yeah, that's the same. But yeah, the other two have gone up. But I mean, yeah. you know, that just seems. I don't want to say like it's it's expected or even acceptable that like every year or a couple years it steps up a bit. But I feel like it's just something that happens. I mean, obviously, I think it'll probably plateau or level off at some point. But you know, whether it's just because of how much production they have going on. Or just the reality of, you know, they can do it. And, you know, for a dollar or two more a month or, you know, 12 to 24 more dollars a year, it's, it's you know, some people may, that may be a make or break for them. For me, personally, it's not. And, you know, I think for what you get with Netflix, and I, I got to be honest, like when you sent the article and we were reading it, I'm like, fine by me. And you said the same thing. I was like, look at you, Ronald. Look how much you've grown. You've come yeah, around look, to Netflix in so long. It, it only took 275 episodes. Yeah. Plus, look, plus look. some, give or mind, plus or minus, but with the influx you're, you're, of you're like, okay with it. Yeah. With, <laughs> with the influx of like really good series and, and right. I mean, I won't say the same for the movies, but the series have been really good. 
And then they're bringing back the nostalgic shows right, from right. UPN and stuff like that and some of the sitcoms that we've kind of known. I mean, come on. Like, I, I, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. That's that's yeah. the cost of business, especially the rate that they come out with stuff. The fact that we can't count in a month's time how much content's come out is a testament. I mean, like, some Absolutely. services, you can count on your hand, on one hand, how much content comes out a month. And they charge, you know, just as much as the basic. So, yeah, yeah. What are you gonna it's, do? It's yeah, it's it's a. Uh, I think they are the kind of the leader in the in this streaming war. Still, you know, there's some contenders All in the right. marketplace now, but I think kind of Netflix does what it wants, and I mean that's okay and not okay in some ways. But I think in terms of what they've done, especially during the pandemic, in terms of what they've been able to you know, still get through production and or release and or acquire, you know, from outside sources to kind of keep the slate kind of going. And like you just said, like, you know, if if you're just tasked with thinking about like the the last month, the big properties, like you kind of forget that's a good thing and a bad thing. Um, But I mean, the ones that stick out are the ones that you really remember, like, you know, if you if you consider what you pay a month for a Netflix account, it goes back to we've said it so many times in this podcast, like if movies were in theaters and if we were still going to theaters, you know, if you have that premium plan that you're talking about, that's eighteen ninety nine now or seventeen ninety nine now, it's like that's a ticket and a half. You know, that's that's one and a half shots at seeing something. Yeah. And this is something that you're watching, you know, multi-platform, multi format whether it's feature films documentaries televisions animation kids it's just I, it's gonna take it would take a lot for me to really kind of break on the netflix price point because i really don't think anybody still touches them with content mm-hmm. i mean like there's back catalogs for hbo and disney and all this amazing stuff but what they're putting out it's just no competition in terms yeah. of the amount of stuff and yeah i don't know it's just and it's across all metrics of, of of any viewer they could possibly think about. It's like there's right. something there, but yeah, it's it's interesting. It's interesting that it has gone up again. Well, and and they're closing in on that movie that you're talking about, Ronald. I mean, like they've made some pretty good ones, and they're closing in so. on these th- this this investment that they're prepared to make. Like recently, there was the talk of uh, them or Apple. There was kind of a bidding war for the for the next James Bond movie. That didn't happen, and it sounds like it won't happen. Which I'm I'm not too surprised. Uh, the broccoli family the, the, the on the production team for the James Bond movies kind of stepped in and said no that it would sort of diminish the the luster of the James Bond uh, franchise to, to have this big movie that was already being positioned as a big entry in the franchise to have and, and and it's been pushed back it got pushed back so long because of like production difficulties and now of covid so I feel like yeah I can understand that reasoning that it would be sort of hobbling it a little bit to um to bring it out this way. But I, when you heard those numbers that were getting kicked around, it was Netflix and Apple that, what was it like 600 or 500 million 600 that was million. Or in that range? I don't think they actually wanted to, I don't think anybody offered that. I think that's what, um, uh, that's what they were asking for. But um, anyway, I just, so I guess I'm kind of just mentioning that as a way of saying, I think they are closing in on that idea that they're going to have some huge property that feels very, very, uh, uh, you know, 
like a big screen property that they that they have. But thus far, it does seem like the movies it's, it's been a little spotty. But I, yeah, I've definitely yeah. found gems along the way, and a lot of things that come out as kind of Netflix originals aren't necessarily made by them, but yeah. just kind of picked up by them. And a lot of those have been interesting too. So that I think the thing that we've talked about that is a problem with Netflix is actually like <clears throat> finding the things you might want to see is kind of difficult. I just have to scroll around and browse, and it doesn't really seem like it gives me hints uh, um, uh, like it used to. And I think the rating system is different. Now, anyway, it, it's, it's sometimes, I think content gets lost on Netflix. Yeah. I think the key, I think the key for them having that movie, like, like you said, is maybe acquisition. It's, it's no insult to, to them or anything that they do. Sometimes it feels like there's just a, they work more on algorithm. Whereas I feel like if somebody just makes something great, and they pick it up, that would be the same thing to me. Because that 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 is the credit that you take. You having the eye to say, this could work on our platform. That is a skill within itself. It's, a, it's the same thing that companies do, like Nike recruiting Jordan or Steph Curry to Under Armour. Somebody says, that's going to be a good thing that's going to you know get our service uh, some money. And they do it. And I think that's a skill. I... Yeah, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting. I think the next year will be a really interesting thing for them. I mean, only because of the see the effect of COVID and seeing what they acquire versus produce. Obviously, things are going back into production. But I, too, think that they are very close to, like, cracking the code or cracking something in terms of the expectations on content. And maybe our expectations are just higher or critics are just higher because I think the average person really loves movies on Netflix. I think the people that I, you know, friends of mine, family members, like, that's where they watch most of the movies that I talk to them about. And I think that, you know, to that, that next level, whether it's like Academy Awards stuff or, war, you know, awards consideration, things like that. I do think that there's going to be some movies, obviously, not just because of COVID, but because of actual quality, you know, that may, you know, their presence will be felt a lot more, obviously, this year at the Academy Awards. But I don't know. I've seen a, I've seen a handful of movies this year on Netflix that, could possibly be in my top 10, 15 movies of the year. Like I haven't seen everything this year, but there's been movies that we've, we've all loved on this podcast. The five bloods comes to mind immediately that, you know, that's a tried and true Netflix production. And, um, you know, I, I think that there are certain movies that you watch there that it's kind of blurring that line of like, this movie could have easily been in theaters and probably made a lot of money. And, you know, I think they're kind of getting that down and yeah, I just think that that, that curve is, is leveling off of them in this next year or so for sure um yeah yeah yeah, five bloods definitely felt like an event i think we talked about that specifically yeah and i mean even recently talking about like that that enola holmes movie i thought that movie was great that that's like a franchise i think that could have been in theaters i think and uh you know i just it's just they're they're kind of like hitting these these like quadrants or these types of movies where like i don't know if they're finding like a sweet spot or something but you know, there's tons of other ones that come out that aren't that great at all. But I mean, like, you know, I just think that there are, you know, in the next three months, even there's th- things that they're going to be releasing uh, that are Netflix productions that seem like George Clooney's movie that we talked about over our thread. They just released a trailer for this week. You know, the Viola Davis, Chadwick Boseman movie that's coming out in, in a month or so. That oh, my looks God. Like you mean the, the play, the play, yeah. uh, the August Wilson play? Oh my the, god! That looks the good. trailer, yeah, the trailer came out like last week or something yeah. or this week. Ma Rainey's, Ma Rainey's, something bottom. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. 
we talked about it before when, when we were talking about Chadwick, but I mean, like th- th- those kinds of movies, like they 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 seem like there's like a gap, yeah, like that are kind of that that it's kind of flattening out or leveling out for them. I think they're either getting the right blend of you know autonomy with the filmmakers that come in, meeting like their data driven metrics, but it's something just feels a little different in the in the last handful of like the bigger movies that I've seen through them. So. I'm curious what comes in the in the in the coming year, but we'll see. But yeah, take my two dollars. I'm good. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like it is going to be the kind of thing where eventually they got us up to twenty bucks a month or twenty five bucks a month, and suddenly it is priced in a different range from the kind of service that it was or the kind yeah. of deal that it was. Sure. And I think that is the only thing about us. You know, we're the frogs in the water that's slowly getting hotter and we're not going to notice when it's boiling. Um, but I do think, yeah, it's a weird thing. You do, you do sort of assume things are going to go up and it's been such a great deal for so long that if it becomes slightly less of a great deal, it'll be, it'll have to be a bad deal before I start to wonder what's up. Um, but this idea of them acquiring things or, or bidding for big properties, it's kind of a good segue into our, our, our movie here. Borat subsequent movie film. Uh, we've all seen it. Uh, like you said, Steve, everyone's been talking about it. What did you think? So I guess when I think about Sasha Baron Cohen and everything that he's done, I think really, really to 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 put it as plainly as I can put it, I think he's like one of the best comedic actors um in in history. He is like he's the Andy Kaufman of our generation. Like there's like this balance of like who you know who is he really and you know obviously he's a lot more serious as a as a regular person i was gonna say he's like andy kaufman and peter sellers at the same time somehow i mean he's got this weird like sketch comedian's knack for for character bits but he also has this like you're kind of pointing out with the andy kaufman comparison this knack for stunts and a fearlessness about that and and i think that that's always been the brand that's always been the thing that you go to him for or that made you notice him ali g was like one of my favorites uh you know a couple years ago that was a really good sort of example of that sort of thing that he was that was a that was a look into what kind of person he could be comedically yeah or shooting for it yeah 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 the the i think most people you know maybe maybe borat was the first but like yeah the ali g show was a pretty amazing series and just experiment but and you know i think early on like you think about characters that he's done whether it's ali g or borat or even bruno whatever level of it you you followed like the the level of access or the the level to be able to pull the stunt off has been a, a big part of like what allows it to work or not work so well and i think that you know i think in this movie it is something that is pretty it's pretty funny that early on in the film they kind of address it immediately like the idea of like the world knows what borat is or who <laughs> borat is and who plays borat Right. So I thought it was pretty fun in the beginning of this uh, sequel that like that is immediately addressed because because of that, the, the skit, the element of surprise, like you're really not watching Sasha Baron Cohen as Borat as much doing these skits as you are his daughter or like these other characters that he becomes in this movie because of the natural progression of what Borat's become in the world that he's kind of turning on its ear, which I thought was a really kind of interesting and fun uh, approach to making a sequel and it kind of lined up with a lot of the headlines that were kind of being made when he was making this kind of behind the scenes you started seeing like video of him at like rallies dressed as characters like singing about 
you know, this topic or that topic. And you're like, oh, this is this is for this movie. And that's amazing. And, um, you know, that being said, yeah, I love Borat. It's like one of my favorite comedies of I don't even know how long. Um, and it's got real staying power. Like I, at least weekly, I somehow one of the lines I use in my life, um, <laughs> usually when I'm talking about my wife, but right. um, even if you just are not trying to do yeah, that, you just yeah, say it my just, wife. It just happens. And you're like, did you mean to say like my wife or my wife? Yeah. I think you're right. I think I very nice is like another that. one that if you catch yourself yeah. saying it, you have to even in your head. Well, I, I did read someone posted recently like, oh, shit. I thought people had finally stopped doing Borat impressions. You know, right. Like, right. And now here we are. Um, but no, it is a, it is a very indelible character. And I do think it's funny that they it's got this extra layer. It's Sasha Baron Cohen playing Borat playing somebody. Right. So yeah. it reminds me of like when Mel Blanc would would do Daffy Duck doing a Bugs Bunny impression, you know, and you would hear it sounded different from Bugs Bunny, even though it's the same guy. So I think that like um, that level of it. Yeah, that meta level, the way they in, they just incorporate that into the movie instantly was clever. And I loved even the gag of at the costume shop. Um, I'm not sure if this is a prop they created or something they found. Surely they created it because the Borat costume. It's one of those off-brand costumes that can't use the name of the character anyway. Yeah, and it says, yeah. stupid foreign reporter. <laughs> and he's he's like, no, that doesn't look like me. But no, I love that. And also the crazy characters that he was, like his idea of like a, tr a true American and he comes walking in, like a couple of those costumes were hilarious. They you know, were. The fact that he has to wear a fat suit and... Um, at some point he's got a cowboy hat and, and yeah. what was it? G the names that he was using. One of them was, um, God, what was it? It was like Johnny, not Johnny uh, hurricane, but it was something, <laughs> something ridiculous like that. Um, yeah. that, uh, no, John Chevrolet. That's what it was. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like a perfect, it's a perfect, uh, yes, uh, extension in a way, but because it does make sense, you would have to bring in somebody. And I do think him bringing in the daughter character probably disarms people because they're looking at her and because she's the wackier character in general of the two. And I yeah, think that yeah. the fact that she's not Sasha Baron Cohen and they're not doing a direct reference, they're not putting themselves in the same sorts of situations necessarily that he was in in the first movie. Yeah. Um, it it is a it does feel sometimes a little bit more staged, but I think that what you see when you see the genuine reaction on people's faces to whatever it is they have in store, um, that element is still in place. At least in the key set pieces, I think there's a couple moments that are definitely, uh, you know, shocking. Uh, yeah. There's one moment that definitely is going for the the the, the most shocking moment in the film, and I, it definitely achieves it. And I don't know if it quite matches the the wrestling match in the hotel uh, in the first movie. Nothing ever could, oh, yeah. but That's it's in cute. that same neighborhood of just something that you have never seen before, and you know you will you will gasp and laugh and then gasp and laugh. I mean, if it's your cup of tea, some people might just find it you know repellent. But I've seen people in general. People seem to want to like it and seem to reach out and enjoy the comedy. It is a good comedy. I mean, it's just got some big laughs in it. And, and um, you know, we, we always love when we see one of those. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's like uh, if you have Amazon Prime, there's no reason not to watch this, you know. Uh, but, yeah, I, I really liked it. I, again, I don't know that it reaches the levels of the first film, and I think it's impossible kind of what I'm getting at. And, you know, I think this one kind of felt a little more directed at like yeah. a, a, a point or not just yes. the wraparound story, but it kind of felt a little more focused and not as, I don't want to say scatterbrained, but not as like spread out with just a bunch of skits with Borat, like the first film was, which is just like, 
just like at, like belly laugh after belly laugh after belly laugh. Like this one was a little more spread out, a little more focused on what they were kind of going after with the story for the wraparound. And then some of the skits were a little more directed by that. Um, but I don't know that that really is a bad thing. It's just a different thing. And I I really liked it. And I think the the actress, um, is it Maria Bakalov that plays his daughter is really great in the movie. Super funny. And just the idea of, you know, her and just being able to go along, you know, with these, these, these situations and just go on the fly, you know, with, uh, the whole Giuliani skit, just along with whatever, you know, is happening or he's saying like, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's pretty, I think it's pretty, pretty special actually. And if you've heard about that and you've heard about how, like what with the, the, the gotcha moment that people were pointing to is not really as much of a gotcha moment as the whole sketch. Yeah. No, it's totally. Giuliani is just his yeah. behavior around what he believes to be a 15 year old girl is what is shocking and, and uh, very damning. But you know, the, the, don't be thrown off by the fact that it's highly possible. He was just tucking in his shirt, you know, like that his hands aren't down his pants so long. That part, that people were talking about that the fact yeah. that that might not be the the gotcha moment does not mean that he doesn't come off very very poorly um in this movie it's like everything around that moment is what matters more like you yes, know it's like right. the environment that they're both in the atmosphere like just the comfort level like just everything else that's happening in that scene matters way more than like that thing that's kind of gone viral and has become such a talking point but right. yeah no totally agree um yeah, and just some really fucking funny scenes, man. Like laughing, like that the dance, the debutante dance is just yes, fuck, so over the top. I mean, it's oh for the ages. It's for God. the ages because really you get to is. see people. You get to see people start to warm up to them and think, well, maybe these these are kind of quirky people, you know. Yeah. And then yeah, it just it, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. No, that's it's. It's it's there, man. So yeah, if you like Borat, if you like Sasha Baron Cohen, Dolly G show or any of the stuff that he's associated with you know with his characters or just want to kind of laugh uh I, yeah borat subsequent movie film is definitely a go ahead from me for sure <clears throat> yeah same here and i i would want to say to people too i hear people say oh i don't like that stuff where he kind of pokes fun at regular people i have actually feel like there are some sort of shockingly sweet interactions in this movie with some of the regular people. Like yeah. there's a guy who handles some faxes for him yeah. who they just have a really nice rapport and it's a very funny back and forth. And the guy's never made to be a fool and almost seems to be a little bit in on it. Like he seems to be kind of chuckling at what's going on, whether he knows what actually is going on, but he's not right. being taken in and humiliated. And then I think there's a, there's a babysitter that um, comes off really well and, you know, gets a chance to be kind of a little he heroic in in the movie in a lot of ways yeah. um and that, yeah so i think that the movie clearly has a lot of love for the sort of normal people that it, it's got in its crosshairs as well as contempt uh for the for the you know the people in power that it's going after and i really like where the movie ends up it's a spin on something from the first movie that really feels like uh, you were talking about that pointedness steve the commentary yeah. on america and what's happening in america right now if you're an american and you see this movie and you don't feel just a little bit embarrassed uh by the idea that um um, you know, even Borat uh, sees sees through the the sort of myth <laughs> of America's greatness. Uh, right, I think that right. is a that is a fitting way to tie things up. But um, no, it's funny, Ronald. Uh, do you think it Do you think it holds up? Do you Do you think you would ever watch this movie again? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think some I think I like the rawness of the first one, but I love the structure of this one. I think that mm -hmm. like this one, 
the fact that it had something more to say made it a little more powerful just because it, it feels very timely. Um, mm-hmm. Putting a mirror to society is, is the job of comedians in some way. Like some do lighthearted stuff, but comedy at its best really puts a mirror to, to, to people and laughs with you, but also is kind of like, hey, there's some weird shit that's going on. And I think this was so effective at showing that. You know, th- for as much as he stages situations, these are real responses from a lot of people. These are like, not- nothing about this felt like, oh my God, on on the reactions of the people. So much as, you know, the the, the characters, obviously, right? That's, but everything else, like it, it was very, very on brand with, with with how we are as as a society, and I I I love that about it. Yeah. So yes, it's uh, it's very nice. What yeah. you say? Absolutely. <laughs> See this movie. Well, all right. Now it's time for uh, we've done different. We always take a different approach to our our Halloween episode we'll do like a topic uh a couple times i think we may have lined up one of our our franchise rewatches with that but anyway last year we did a halloween grab bag where you guys pulled candy from a bowl that had questions attached to it and there's no way to do that virtually so i've just got some some questions little prompts for for conversation that are kind of horror related now so we'll just we'll just jump into those and we'll do as many as we can um do you guys feel spooky yet this year do you feel that halloween feeling i don't know if it looms as large for you ronald because you're not as much of like a horror buff but i think even you get into the spirit are you guys starting to feel that that kind of fun halloween vibe or has this been such a weird year that that those those holiday feelings are not really there it's been a weird year honestly the the, the closest i've come to the halloween spirit is mass singer you know these these amazing costumes <laughs> that these characters have. I'm like, man, this is like, I wish I had one of these for Halloween. So like, that's what I've been doing to stay in the Halloween spirit. Literally watching people <laughs> in <laughs> costumes. They sing, which isn't quite as scary, but right, it gets right. me, it, it's got me in the spirit. Funny enough, that's funny. What about you, Steve? I know normally this by this time you would have gotten back from your big trip to the, yeah, that, that, that's what the is it horror bummer. nights yeah halloween that... horror nights in uh, mm. universal in florida yeah that's the sore spot yeah so normally yeah, we would have we, we would have gone through that and had a great time and lived to tell the tale but uh yeah this year is not with that I mean, even if the you know covid notwithstanding like we, we probably wouldn't have been able to go because of the baby but uh, that's right. on the way but it is it is a bummer to miss out on that that said you know, I'm definitely in the spirit. My daughter, who's only three, is like super into Halloween. Like she mm. loves spooky things. She loves like the spookier little like, you know, animated movies, you know, like Monster House and Coraline and Paranormal. Like she like oh. just loves that stuff. So um, she likes, you know, we did the carving, the carving the pumpkins and, you know, she loves running around the house with my ghost face mask. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm fine with it. Um, but... I'm ready, man. It's like the weather's hey, nice. Ghost face, it's good. Speaking of Ghostface, you got that great message. We never, we never talked about that on oh the show. My that feels God. like that should have gotten. Uh, can can we play a clip of it on the show? Uh, yeah, yeah. For let's, reference, yeah. Let's listen to it real quick. Yeah, I mean, let's explain what it is first, and then let's listen to it. So it's the the actor that does Ghostface voice from the Scream movies. What's his name? Yeah, Roger Jackson. My my brother for my birthday, and you know his family, their gift to me for my birthday was they did like a cameo uh like where you can kind of 
get celebrities to record personalized messages, like for your yourself, for your family, friends, gifts, whatever. <clears throat> he's a big fan of it. He's gotten them for his like younger son, who's like, you know, super into you know some of the Disney Nick shows, whatever it is. But he's gotten a couple for him. And um, so for my birthday, yeah. So he basically got me a cameo with. Uh, the guy that does Ghostface for Scream, like Roger Jackson. So it's like a video of him saying hey, and uh, it was fucking awesome. Like, I, I had no idea what it was when it started. I was like, that kind of looks like Roger Jackson. Oh, shit, it's him. It's him. <laughs> yeah, it's him. He must clean up on that thing, you yeah. know? Cause he's, oh, my cause God, he do, dude. I mean, all he has to do is that thing, you know? I just get to that angry voice for a second, and then he goes back to talking, and it's that's what you want. Yeah, and like, the, and he even mentions the podcast, and he like, uh, you know, he like, uh, my daughter's named Sydney after Sydney Prescott, right? And you know, and her knowing that line just because I mess around with her all the time, him saying it in the video, like she lost her mind when he said it. She was so excited. <laughs> we, we actually, we actually filmed her watching it because I thought she might like it, and it's just a, the most adorable thing ever. But yeah, yeah. If you want to play, you can play it right yeah. now, and just people can check yeah. it out. Hi, Steve. This is Roger L. Jackson. Do you know me? Maybe you know me better like this. Hello, Steve. Happy birthday, Brandon, Dawn, Spencer, and Noel got this for you. Wasn't that nice of them? You're turning thirty-nine. That's a good age to be. In fact, any time above the grass is good, I suppose. So what are you going to do for your birthday? Are you going to have a slice of cake? Maybe make some popcorn watch a movie? Do you like scary movies, Steve? I hear you do. I hear you even have a podcast about movies. And say, is that your daughter there with you? Hello, Sydney. Do you like scary movies? What's your favorite scary movie? Well, you take care of yourself and you have fun. If you're going out for your birthday, be sure to wear your gloves and your mask. Be careful, Steve. Oh, by the way, they said to tell you Get the band back together or you're dead meat. I'll leave that for you to think about. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Steve. Happy birthday to you. That just felt like it was a perfect, yeah, like, man. knowing you yeah. and, yeah. I mean, the situation, it was just like, yeah, this is like a great... A great gift for Steve. So. Oh, it was the perfect yeah. gift. It was like the oh, best. It yeah, it was like amazing. Something I'll have forever for sure. But yeah, I don't know. Like that kind of stuff, you know, my birthday being in October, it's just like a nice, it's just a nice bubble for me to be all about the spook and watch a bunch of horror movies. I've been going through trying to find ones that I haven't seen before. I've been, you know, trying to find like lists that people are releasing, like Little Scene or like, you know, Hidden Gems or whatever. And I've come across a handful of them that I, yeah, that I hadn't seen that I kind of dug so just been watching lots of horror movies man and I'm, I'm really excited for halloween you what about you john i mean you live in haddonfield so i mean you walk out your front door and you you should feel halloween 365 <laughs> you know they've they've put up new street lights that are very bright and so it changes oh, the vibe man. a little bit yeah it changes the vibe a little we'll bit we'll have to come take them down i think everybody who lives here is like 
I don't know. Like we kind of like them because it is nice, honestly, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to have it well lit. Sure, but it is also a little bit like, oh yeah, you kind of. It doesn't lose it. It just it's like Haddonfield with with bright lights <laughs> because it it's it they look they look old. You know they they don't yeah. look too modern, but it still yeah. uh, still changes the vibe just a tiny bit. Um, yeah. But no, it's I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I always get in this this spirit. I, this year it feels like it really hit me today. I woke up early and that it was still dark out and it was raining and everybody was kind of asleep yeah. in the house, and I just had that feeling of like, oh, it's happening, you know, and <laughs> you know. You, so so I, I I'm gonna really for the next couple of days I'm gonna really revel in that in that feeling where everybody is like into the same thing that I'm into all the time. You know, I feel like yeah. that's that's the way yeah. it is with horror and Halloween. Um, but let's start off with one of these uh, questions. It's just a this. It's just a quick prompt here, but uh, funniest horror comedy slash scariest horror comedy. It's a good question. Um, scariest versus funniest. Mm. I mean, the first movie that pops in my mind anytime anybody says horror comedy is probably Shaun of the Dead. And I don't know if I don't know that it really maybe the funniest, but I, I don't know. Like, it definitely wouldn't be the scariest. Um. I'm trying to think of some other ones. What what other ones come to mind for you guys? When I, when I thought funniest, I thought what we do in the shadows. That's exactly. Oh, right. that's good. Yes, that's good. It's got some legit like gross stuff and some horror elements, but it doesn't have the scariest. So I feel like yeah. it, it to me. That's when I was like, okay, that it, there's a flip of that, which is which one's actually kind of like the the funniest and the scariest at the same time. You know, I think that there are a lot of horror movies that use comedy right, to, right. to break the tension, but that's different from something like Shaun of the Dead or what we do in the shadows. That is definitely a Maybe comedy. Maybe teeth. Mm, teeth. I haven't a, seen that. What? The lady with teeth in a vagina. That I, movie I know, was, I know the film. I, I don't, I didn't, I never, fin I think I started it one night. Yeah. And I never finished it. That's some like real creepy scenes. Uh, I thought, I thought, I guess I think, is that the funniest though? That's weird that's a, because like, that's yeah, the scariest like, to me. That's definitely. why I would say it can be two movies, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is legitimately a fear of mine. So I'd say that that's the scariest for me. Just as a irrational fear. It's just, what if? I feel like it's not even, I mean, I think it's pretty funny actually, but Ready or Not is a recent one that mm. is like, uh, I think is really funny and more like situational than actual like straight comedy. But that kind of pops into mind. I don't know. I both both Shaun of the Dead and, and what we do in the shadows. I feel like what we do in the shadows, I almost like beyond the subject matter, I I just completely align that with like one of the funniest movies I've seen in I don't even know how long. Like it's right. just a straight up comedy to me that is about vampires. <laughs> um but it's got some of the stuff in it that, you know, same kind of stuff that Shaun of the Dead does. Um, I'm just thinking of like the bloody deaths in it yeah. that are like this is real. The, like it plays the horror oh. element straight. You know that's what yeah. makes that one to me a horror comedy and not just a comedy. Oh, you know what? I what might be a, a scary uh, horror comedy uh, is Evil Dead too. Like yeah. it's got some scary moments. It's very funny, but it also, you know, it's got some scary is not the right word, but like intense. Like it's it's got a it it does have a, a like a a fear factor to it, even if. A lot of the even the prosthetics and everything are played towards a slightly campy middle ground, but I think that yeah, that's yeah, a, yeah. that's one that counts as scary. That's not just just funny. I got two. Okay, uh, remember that movie John dies at the end? Yeah, mm -hmm. that one in uh, Cabin in the Woods. Okay, yeah, that would qualify. Because I was kind of before the reveal of the crazy, 
I mean, it was some scenes that were kind of like, oh, I'm, a, I'm on edge. <laughs> I'm on edge. I'm on edge. I guess it's easier to find the funny in horror comedies than it is yes. to find the scary. Really, you know. I think you're. I think you're right. Yeah, because it's kind of like. Yeah, yeah, because it's like you almost that that that's like magical if it can kind of really kind of keep that humor and still genuinely be scary. Because I don't, I think you kind of get a little buried in the funny for some of these yeah. movies, the ones that like we're talking about, at least for me. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, well, maybe we'll maybe we'll think of something. Oh, but well, I think that's a pretty good is, list of movies. Is this is the end of horror comedy, or is that straight? Is that not horror? You know, it's kind of similar to these other movies, but it's in that same category. It plays the supernatural element straight. You know, that to me is that to me is what makes it a a horror comedy versus a like a, you know, I don't know, the movies that are kind of toothless. I find that movie hilarious. Um, Yeah. No, that is a really funny one. It's got it's got demons in it. Yeah. It's got got some stuff that happens in it that if it were played straight in another movie, it would be like horrific you know yeah. so i think that that yeah. qualifies for sure okay all right so we found the funny but not the scares um i was just thinking about this like horror movie franchises are kind of known to be part of the horror genre you know like you've got part seven part eight part nine of different movies um and then we've talked a lot about elevated horror recently what elevated horror movie <laughs> could be turned into an old school franchise and you know bring it back again bring it back again bring it back well again. the fr- well let me just qualify real quick because the first one that came to mind, I'm going with my gut on these questions tonight. Yeah. Is is It Follows Elevated Horror? Oh my God. I think yes. it qualifies. Yeah. I think it qualifies. That is I mean, definitely though, a franchise waiting I, yeah, to happen. I think I want to so be too. clear to anybody listening that, like, when we say elevated on this show, we're kind of saying it in air quotes. We don't actually, like, believe that's the, like, right. it's art house horror or something, but elevated always to me seems like an insult to regular horror. Yeah. So when I say it, I'm kind of being a little bit snarky. So even though I, I, I like or love a lot of those movies, but It Follows is a great yeah. example because you could totally take that, yeah. that, that modus operandi and just blow it up, you know. Jordan yeah, anytime Peele's... you, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was gonna say Jordan Peele's Get Out. I didn't mean to. No, that's that's. I would that's love to see many sequels of that. This yeah, you could I... totally, at the very least, a prequel or two. You yeah. know what I mean? Because they kind of, they're part of like a network in that movie. The the characters we find yes. out about. So there, there's more people out there. Um, or you could get into the the beginnings of some of this stuff, you know, if yeah. you wanted to bring back any of those actors. But no, that's a good example. What about you, John? What comes to mind for you? My first thought was, I don't know why, even though I'm not even thinking that much about this movie, but I just think you can do more with the Babadook. I, I feel like Babadook yeah. could come back. It could be a different it could be a different person who finds the book. It could be that yeah. same kid growing up. It could be yeah. that mom uh, uh, having another kid. It could be any number of things that could extend that that idea. But the idea of that creature being just a good name that people Absolutely. have heard and kind of sticks in your mind. I feel like you could have a Babadook too, or yeah, or, or nine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Babadook. I have a I have another one. What host? Oh, the Shadow movie we watched. Oh my god. Can- is that, is that elevated ch- horror though? Yeah, I think it is, man. I don't know. I don't you don't know. think that was? I, I don't this, know. This is why I say that. I think that it's it's one of the first of its kind, and the, the completely on the computer. I feel like somebody's. Mm. I feel like that genre is going to get stolen, man. 
Well, you know, which what one is like a COVID horror film that I do think because of like the pedigree and the people that made it and the, the way it's acted and stuff that I do think you could easily turn into a franchise is The Rental. Oh, like, yeah, for sure. Oh, the way yeah. That it's, it's like uh, the, that would definitely be the category. It, yeah. It's like the way the killer operates. You can totally oh, just dude. put it in a different location. Absolutely. You know? And change the relationships of the, you know, the people in the house. It, it can be. It can be something different. So yeah, I think I think any of these ones that like we're saying that kind of end with that note of like uncertainty, which is like whether there's a central killer like you know in the Freddy or the Jasons, you know where the rental has that you know kind of role, but um or even it follows or hosts any of these things we're talking about like where you're at the end of it and you're like it's you get that feeling that you know it's like it's not over you know like literally you the movie ends and you have that gut feeling like. These are good examples where some of these elevated horror do feel a little more like that's the end of it kind of thing. Like that was a story and that's it. Um, but yeah, yeah, those that's that's a good pick because that's one that definitely could, you know, just different characters and different settings, like the whole idea of an Airbnb just anywhere in the world. Like that could that could make some cool that could make a cool uh, well the ending montage like gives you an encapsulated yeah. version of what could Absolutely. be another another yeah. story almost so I think that that idea is or even is really like strong. um this, they're kind of doing it uh but creep like that that horror film like they they are seem to already be trying to do that with that kind of property but um that's a good question I like that question that was like a it would kind of be like an interesting way to go go against the horror franchise grain where like most of them really do have like that character that goes through the you know the series um yeah. all the time where some of these things that we discussed there really wouldn't have to be a character you know like get out if that was something you would like you said you would see the rest of this network you know what it looks like in this city and same thing for the rental or it follows like just down the line somewhere, you know, it picks up some other kid and like, it's like that experience. Like the idea that the whole setting, the whole characters, like everything changes in ways that it could be more like an anthology, but there is something happening that pulls these, these, these sequels or prequels together, which is, it's, yeah, that's cool. I like that. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say another, another elevated movie that I had mixed feelings about, but I feel like if I knew what it was, before I watched it, I think I'd be a lot better with it. The Witch. They could oh, do I mean, I love that movie. And I could, I, no, you could totally, do I, I was almost going to say joking. I know a lot of people use that movie as the example. That one seemed oh, to yeah. piss it's so like many people one. off yeah. for some reason. I think it really delivers in a lot of ways on the horror aspect, though. But it is such a slow burn and it is such a different pace and tone. I can I can get why it kind of eludes people. But I, I don't think it's a movie that holds back. Like if I was Robert Eggers, I would probably be thinking like, or I, I would just bet that he thinks like, what? I tried to give you some, there's some There's some pretty good horror movie shit in there. But it's like, it does take you a little while to get to it. The way that movie confirms this supernatural angle uh, by the time it's over, it, to play around with what you now know to be true. You're right, Ronald. There's there's a lot of like mythological elements that they can, they can bring in. Yeah. What was the uh, first horror movie that you remember seeing as a kid? And, and I guess that scared you would be another part of that. But what, you know, what was the first horror movie you, you saw when you were a kid that really that really stood out as a horror film? Steve, you want to go first? I got one. You can go. I got so many. I'm trying to remember which one I saw first. But yeah, what was yours, Ronald? The first, the first one, I was watching Nightmare Theater on WNUV. And the movie was Wes Craven's Serpent in the Rainbow. 
I, 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 it, it scared me for yeah. a very specific reason, man. There was that scene where that guy gets buried alive. I did, like, up until that point, I hadn't thought about the idea that somebody could die in a weird way. Like, you know, you hear weird stuff like, oh, you know, he fell up. But no, somebody being put in basically a coma and then being buried alive is scared the life out of me, man. And I think about it all the time. Like when I'm like near uh, like uh, graveyards and stuff, I'm like, oh, no. Serpent in the rainbow. <laughs> Somebody, you run past. Yeah. I don't want them to. I don't want them to bury me. Fuck that. No, that, that. That is a good example because it illustrates a real creepy fear, and uh, um, you know the buried alive thing. That's a that's a big one. Um, I, I I remember the first. I don't know if this is the first one that I saw, but I do remember when I got to see American Werewolf in London when I was eleven. That was a big deal that I like got permission from my dad to see it because I had a friend that had seen it and we talked about it and he was gonna watch it and then I I don't know if he kind of like said cover your eyes when there was gonna be boobs or whatever, but um, I do remember being kind of freaked. Like that was one that really does play it. You know, talk about a horror comedy that's scary. That might be that might be the scariest. Yeah, horror that's comedy. a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That might that, be that, it. That's the scariest one for sure. That's, that's the definitely ticket. the scariest of the ones yeah. we've mentioned. But it had no a few doubt. scenes that still stand out as like scary to me. There's a scene in Fuck the subway. Yes. yes. Um, even the scene on the moors at the beginning, which yep. is so funny because Griffin Dunn is so funny. But the comedy is all contained to like the rapport between the characters and just the world. Um, but it's also got like weird nightmares that just they're just weird and surprising and elements that that you don't expect to maybe get in, in a typical werewolf movie. So uh, I remember seeing that one and being like it was the beginning of my I was always interested in horror stuff and kind of easily scared and maybe had trouble sleeping if I saw something that was too scary or saw something that like had a scary part in it, you know, um, yeah. and I, I would always remember the scary parts of movies that weren't necessarily scary. Um, and I would sometimes be scared by odd things that were intended to be scary, but that just scared me. So this was a rare example of me like being like, I kind of want to see this. I've heard about this. This sounds cool. Right. I'd seen something about the transformation on some kind of special effects thing. And I was just like, this sounds, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And, you know, and then I think the next one I remember seeing with like with permission was The Shining. I saw that when I was 13. Um, but and I think shortly after that is when I got into the the horror shelf at the video store, you know. Um, but yeah. those were the those were the big ones. The the American Wolf in London definitely definitely freaked me out. I you know I think I think the first one. I mean, most of the first memories I have of watching a horror movie are all Nightmare on Elm Street related. And I I I can't remember if the first one I saw was one or three, uh, but I'm sure it was the first one. I mean, like I I, I definitely probably saw them in order. Uh, you know, I have an affinity for the third one. I genuinely love it. Uh, and. It's like one of those ones I always go back to. But yeah, just just I remember seeing Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I was definitely way too young to watch it. Uh, my parents let me watch horror movies <laughs> when I was really young. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm thankful that I, I did, to be honest with you, because it's why it's probably my favorite genre of, of movie. And, you know, for the most part, I don't remember ever like having lots of issues watching horror movies like with nightmares or any kind of you know, regressions because of it. But um, yeah, I just remember like, you know, being very young watching A Nightmare on Elm Street and, you know, Freddy Krueger just really through my adolescence was always, you know, my favorite guy in the slasher genres. And 
uh, you know, and talking about franchise like we did earlier, you know, like you know, some hits and misses, but um, some really interesting entries in Nightmare on Elm Street as that went along. But the first movie, just like, you know, the Johnny Depp's kill scene, you know, Nancy running and getting stuck in the 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 stair carpet like there's a lot of like freddie's arms extending out in the boiler room there's i mean in, in the back alley like there's just so many visuals that are just like stamped on my horror mind that really a lot of them come from nightmare on elm street and you know if i go through those iconic scenes um the first one is like definitely some of the first memories i have of watching a horror movie and it's you know again it's probably one of the reasons why that franchise and that character you know is is at the top of or in the conversation for being some of my favorite in the genre. But um, yeah, Freddy Krueger, man, what a classic. What's your biggest real life fear that came from watching a horror movie? People talk about like Jaws making them scared of the ocean or Psycho making people afraid to take a shower. What's your biggest, Ronald, you, you just mentioned <clears throat> being buried alive. That was like something that became real to you because of that movie. Was that a fear that you didn't have before and then after that movie you had it? Or, yeah, or, yeah, or can you think of another example of a, a real life fear that came from a movie? Well, I mean, it's not specific to any movie, but the dark, like, you know, once I was fine in the dark. And then I saw scary movies. And this this may have something to do with my gap in watching them. <laughs> uh, there was, some, you know, anything coming out of a dark place was crazy to me. When I was yeah. a kid, I had a Martin Luther King poster that I had on my, on my um, wall. And when the lights turned off, it was like his head. It was like a bust of him. When the lights went out, it's like the light hit it different and it looked kind of demonic. It looked like, yeah. I'm like, this changes things. It fucked me up for a really long time. <laughs> so darkness, darkness in any horror film, you know, once I started seeing it changed the way that I thought about the dark. I, I might be similar in that, like, when I thought about this, uh, I, I try not to think too hard about these when I write them down because I don't want to be, you know, just reciting something but when i thought about this earlier it was like I, the thing that struck me was well it's it's i guess it could be there's kind of twin things that that are related there but i think of it as like slasher vision just in general and so yeah. i think i think of when i'm doing in terms of why i call it slasher vision is just that yeah you see yourself from the eye of the slasher you're doing the thing and you you see yourself from a moment for a moment like how vulnerable you are or just if someone were hiding like you know where the you know where yeah. those shadowy spots are on the way to take the trash out you know where you know which part of your house is is dark or you know whatever that you just there's a corner that feels funny to you or just whatever everybody has those little places and those little things you turn off all the lights and you have to kind of you have to kind of run up the stairs so that you're not in the dark on the stairs too long or something in your house and i feel like yes that that watching slasher movies definitely did that to me and the other yeah. part of that is just the idea of seeing a person at a certain point, like I could be out in my alley at night and I would be thinking like, it's fine that I'm here. But if I looked over and I saw another person standing there, I'd be like, what the fuck? What's that person doing there? And I think that that is something that slasher films have done for me too, is that just like an innocent person standing, you know, 30 feet away down the alley under a light and just seeing their silhouette, I would be instantly thinking uh, like, okay, this is a Michael Myers possibility here. You right. know? Um, and not just thinking, oh, there's another person doing exactly what I'm doing. So I think, yeah, the, the, the kind of fear of the shadows, the slasher vision, the idea that another person is pretty scary. I think that is something that 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 is like something I think about all the time that definitely came from movies. I think uh, 
it's not necessarily a fear. It, it probably is a, a little bit in line with what you just described, John, like that idea of like kind of looking out and seeing someone that maybe there's not someone or but you, you think you do. But one thing that always is in my mind and like it's very specific to a scene in a movie that I love growing up, which is the It miniseries that came on. Um, there's a scene in that when uh, they're looking through the book and like Pennywise comes up in like an old time photo and he kind of like climbs up a, a pole on the street and like is looking at the kids as they're looking at the photo. And it's just this visual of him hanging off a pole, you know, looking at you. And the street that I grew up on, we lived on a corner and on the corner, there was a big stop sign with the street name on it. And I shit you not, like every time I'd go out at night, if I'd go out to let the dog out or if I was going out early in the morning on the school bus. And if I glance at that pole, I would not necessarily see that, but I would always be freaked out to like look at that pole. And just for the possibility that, like, I would see a fucking Pennywise on hanging off of that pole. And this is, like, you know, when I'm in elementary, middle school. So, like, you know, it's not like, well, I guess it would have been middle school. But it's right. not like I was, like, a teenager. I was still pretty young. And that idea of, like, looking and seeing that out of your peripheral, but that specific image has, like, literally haunted me my whole life. Like, even when I mm -hmm. go to my parents' house, who still live in the same house I grew up in, and when I leave that house at night and they've taken a bush down that used to sort of block that pole for me that I would use as a shield, that bush is no longer there. Even now as a grown man, and when I look at that at night, I still like see fucking Pennywise on that pole. And it's yeah. like it's like I'm it's stained in my brain. Like I can't not see it. And it freaks me out every time. I can think of a specific one um too. Uh after seeing Blair Witch. Nikki and I have talked about this. There was a room upstairs when we lived in Haver de Grace. It was like an old colonial place that was right on the one of the main streets there. And yeah. it had a third floor where like we were above a um a barber shop. And then we had like one floor and then you go up and it was just like high ceilings and big long narrow stairwells and the bathroom and the two bedrooms were upstairs and there was one bedroom we just never used. And it was kind of dark in there. <laughs> like the lights never quite made it in there. Yeah. And yeah, after yeah. we saw Blair, we we always thought that room was a little creepy and we would kinda we would kinda hurry past that room, you know. If you were to, and honestly because of the distance and the 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 size of this place in a weird way, you if yeah. someone was in the den watching television and you went up to this top to go to the bathroom you felt like you were like saying i'll see you later and yeah. take care you know like yeah. and you would just get this feeling and you would kind of rush past that room and after seeing blair witch nikki and i both said we always felt like we were seeing someone standing in the corner yeah. of that room dude and yeah. every oh. time we and it's like and i'm not saying there's anything uh. to it i'm just saying we both had that same moment yeah. of like yeah. uh, and yeah. you know and i i still kind of get that feeling of like somebody in the corner somebody whether they're whether they're facing the corner like in that movie or just whether they're just kind of standing there you know it's that whole thing again but that movie specifically made and we'll still talk about that place and kind of go Ugh, like there was just something about it that was that was different and you really felt weird upstairs maybe it was the lack of a lot of natural light coming in i mean there's yeah. different reasons why but I, you know i, I do, do not miss the uh <laughs> the the top floor of that place oh man and it made me cringe Okay, so we've had Alien versus Predator, and we've had, uh, you know, um, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Pitch a versus that you'd like to see. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. Ash versus Michael Myers? <laughs> I mean, that could actually work. I think Ash versus almost anybody could work. Yeah. Oh, man. 
struggling. Um, Maybe Chucky versus Leprechaun. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, I would watch the hell out of that. What? That sounds let's, incredible. Let's get it on uh, Schmovie Studios or whatever it's called. Well, no, honestly, there is a Schmovie Studios <laughs> element to any of these things. Uh, uh, and we should, you know, very yeah. soon we should return to uh, do a Schmovie Studios episode. Um, yeah. But, you know, this is maybe not exactly the same thing as those other things but i would love to see somebody revive that the sort of abbott and costello versus frankenstein idea but with oh, yeah. modern comedic actors you know like uh, jonah hill and 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 paul rudd versus freddie kind of thing like just to do like a fun you know the studio kind of playing around with that iconography i feel like you could actually do that with jason you know, you could have Chris Rock uh, yeah. uh, encountering Jason. And, you know, if you did it like this is the end, you can have these actors actually kind of halfway playing themselves and getting killed by the killer. Or you could do just like a, a little bit lighter of a movie that has this 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 character running around in it. So, you know, finding people that with knives in their backs, but not gore or something. So you could do a comedic version of, of one of those. But you could also sort of plunk lovable comic characters that, that we know in the middle of a legit horror movie, you know, either way. Right. But... But I think that would be a fun, you know, a crossover event, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I was trying to think of people that would be interesting to see thrown into that mix that we don't normally see, you know. And I was, it just was a lot of, like, I think anybody versus, like, the Xenomorph or anybody versus, you know, Freddy or Jason, like the ones that have already been done, you can see why those characters are the ones that have made it to that more because they, there is something kind of iconic about them. But, um, yeah, that was that was my thought there. But I like Chucky versus Leprechaun. <laughs> I mean, you could just see like a kid, a kid whose birthday happens to fall around St. Yeah. Patrick's Day, asks for a good guy, and yeah. like, you know, meet in the midst of the Leprechaun doing his thing. Like hey. Leprechaun, uh, like smuggles himself into the house. Like he throws out the Chucky doll and right. like, gets right. in the box. But Chucky's right. like alive, and so Chucky's like, "Fuck this guy." Yeah, what the who's, then, who's this guy? <laughs> But it's like a war between lots like of a, jokes. It's like lots Toy Story, but with those two guys in yes. the house. You know what I mean? Yes. Like Leprechaun yes. and Chucky are competing for the for the kids' attention. Maybe it would be the funniest and scariest horror comedy ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch this. Sh- um, Man, I, I just thought of this. This is silly. I haven't given any thought to the story, but Hannibal Lecter versus Pennywise. You could come up with something there, right? Sure. I mean, Pennywise sure. preys on your okay. fears. What is Hannibal Lecter afraid of? We don't really know so, that. Side question, real quick. It's it, this is fresh in my mind. Uh, speaking of Hannibal Lecter, okay, Silence of the Lambs. Do you guys consider that to be categorized as a horror film? You, you know oh, what? Like no. in our last horror grab bag episode, I said one of the questions was um, uh, scariest movie that's not a horror movie, mm-hmm. and that was the one I picked because people okay. don't think of it as a horror movie. It's a thriller, but I think it stacks up to many horror movies in terms of the, the yeah yeah the gross factor and the scares but there is something about it that puts it in the realm of like a procedural even with those elements but normally yeah. i'm happy to throw a movie into the horror column but i think that actually is one that somehow is like a thriller with strong horror fiber yeah in it yeah know? yeah no friend of the friend of the pod lauren like saw me post that i that i could view it as a horror film like not that it's only a horror movie but that, you know, someone had posted it on a list of, like, the greatest horror movies or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, the the critic that I was following was, like, getting comments like, that's not a horror movie. And I was like, and he and he was posing, like, am I the only one that sees, like, uh, you know, Silence of the Lambs as being, that, that it could be categorized as horror. And I was like, no, I kind of do, too. Like, I'm not saying it is a flat-out horror movie. I would also 
like agree that it's it's like a thriller or psychological thriller horror. Like, yeah, I, I do find that, you know, there's a lot of stuff in that movie that I, I personally find easily categorized as horror, you know, like, but. You know, not only just the character out of your head, like the right, yeah, absolutely, and like the the character itself. They find in the storage unit is just creepy as hell, and the way she has to crawl into that place, and right, and when she's in the basement, and yeah, yeah, no, and also going to the the insane asylum to talk to Hannibal, right. it's very much. It's very gothic. It's very much like going to see Dracula in his castle kind of thing. And I think Jonathan Demme knew that he was doing a little bit of a riff on on something like that. You know, when when yeah. uh, when he made that movie. Um, so and also I've said you know the Hannibal show, which is a different beast, but it is definitely like a horror show that is pretending to be a police or FBI show. Yeah. So yeah, I was curious. The character yeah. lends itself to that, but. No, but you know, normally we fall on the side of like the, I don't like it when people split hairs about something being it's not a horror movie it's a social thriller and it's like yeah but right. it's, it's, nah, it, it's, that's it's, that's basically where I'm at like yeah I'm I'm just making the argument I'm not saying that it's like a flat out this is a horror Nightmare on Elm Street is a horror movie like yes period mm-hmm. uh, but I'm saying like I'm not saying Science Land is a horror film I could say you know it could easily be on lists for you know most iconic you know, monster, you know, like, you know, or just the film is always kind of in, in certain like critic circles is like, it always kind of is, is the conversation point for like the only horror movie to like win a best picture, not, you know, Oscar, you know, so it falls into those conversations a lot of times. It's not that it's a flat out horror film, but yeah, I, I could definitely, I personally, the same way I view Jaws or the thing, you know, movies that are probably way more, of a certain other genre, like a drama or a sci-fi movie, there's definitely horror elements in them that I, I definitely would put them in a horror conversation. If you were ever giving me the opportunity like to choose a list of things, like it would be in the conversation for certain topics. It would be something maybe to, yeah, like to have that conversation again, maybe like pick some movies that we could talk about like that. Like they're kind of on the fringes of whether they fit a certain genre or not. Cause yeah, I think a lot of people kind of like alienate certain movies because they're not but they they easily could be. Yeah. Also, here's another here's another thing the qualifier that really bothers me. They're like it didn't scare me so it's not a horror film. Just because that that of- is literally that's literally what Lauren said to me and I'm going to call her out only cuz I love her and she's on the podcast all the time. I- that's her the- response to my text saying, yes, I do think it could be qualified as a horror movie. She said, "What part of that movie scared you?" That was her response. Like that's not the qualifier for me. Because I'm not, I, yeah, I don't think The Shining is scary, personally, is what my response to her was. I don't really find it personally scary. I get it why some people do. But what you, that's a great point, and I agree with you. Like, that's not a qualifier for right. me at all. You can't, you can't look at a, you can't look at, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and be like, Freddy's Dead did scare me. It's not a heart, like, but the right. whole thing, I've, I've just heard the argument, especially when it comes to scares, because it's, it's objective, yeah. right? It's subjective. subjective. Yeah, subjective. It's subjective. That's it's subjective. And I think that some of that stuff comes from just like you know the subjectivity. You can't be like <laughs> watch this. The fact that it's subjective comes from that. Yeah. 100%. You're you're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, it it, it objectively it speaking, you're right, yeah. Ronald. You that that is objective. You're right. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we are at our final uh, uh, question here, and this is one okay. that's going to kind of set the tone for a future episode. We d- we did this last year, and it was the one where we chose 
the Scream franchise as our next big uh, franchise rewatch. So we're going to choose. I'm going to read these films to you. I realize I meant to put them in alphabetical order, and I don't think I did. Uh, so I'm just going to read them in the order I have them. But there's no preferential aspect to this list. And you guys, I'm going to send these to you. And what I want you to do is then like... <laughs> send them back to me in the order that you would want to put them in. And if you want to do it privately, uh, that's cool too, just so you guys don't, you know, so I can, I'll tally them up at that point. We are going to choose between uh, the Leprechaun movies, the, uh, the Puppet Master movies, the Paranormal Activity series, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Grudge, uh, Pumpkinhead, Saw, or the Ernest films. <laughs> and I've sent that list to you. <clears throat> uh, and we're going to send it back in the order of our, like a, the send first it back list in your, is in your own number one. tiered order. Okay. Right. Got it, got it. Number one at the top? Yes, number one at the top. Okay. And then I will tally them up. Uh, I need to. I think, I think you know. I think you know what's. <laughs> oh, I can tell you a very clear winner here. I don't even have to look. I don't even have to rate the, the list. Yes. yes. Well, yeah. Ronald, are we doing it. this? Hold Ronald. it. Hold it, Ronald. Wild card. We're going to Elm Street. We're going to Elm Street, guys. Saw was, <laughs> was the second. I think we all tried to give Saw a chance. But, man, Ronald, you know what? You know what you did to your buddy Saw? <laughs> Damn you ranked it. Nightmare on Elm Street too high. If you had like yeah. been tactical and put you that, you should have oh, you you tanked it, man. It but it's such a good series. <laughs> I, I had to do it. I, I had to be honest. No, and I, I was no like, honestly, I mean, I think it would be fun uh, to do. You know, clearly it is. It is yeah. ahead of some of these, some of these <laughs> others that are on here that are really like. Yeah, I, you know, my time will come. My time will come. I don't mind doing. Nightmare on Elm well, we, Street. Well, we, we, you know, we don't always wait another year to do these. So the fact that we did Scream, yeah. um, uh, and that was the only one we've done in between, we maybe we'll have time for an extra one because I don't think anybody here is uh, is against Saw. I just think we all, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. It was Steve's top. It was my top, and it was yeah. Ronald's number two. So it's yeah. like, yeah, know. it's on the Mount Rushmore, man. We I need, think, we need yeah. to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think one thing, too, is like I, I haven't watched those quite as frequently. And I think that revisiting these, sometimes the context that you get watching things now. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, so we'll find the time, maybe even break it up into two episodes since there's since there's so many movies. But yeah, I can't wait, man. I'd yeah. love it. Yeah, let's do let's let's do that as soon as we can. Yeah, man. I'm I'm super. No, I think that'd it. be fun. All right. Well, that's it. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> yes. Enjoy yourselves. Be safe, please. Keep your masks on. Yeah, wear, wear your masks. And if you don't have a mask, wear your other mask. Sadly, most Halloween masks have a little hole yeah. with the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Just put that's your other mask bummer. under the mask. Yeah. And then you'll be really... Yeah. Like, you're, you're covered. You're covered. You'll be very able to breathe <laughs> under yes. those circumstances. Yes. <laughs> you, you may pass out, but you you will wake up. I mean, I think it's cool to do like, you know how people normally the sexy version of something is a Halloween costume. Now it's just like the COVID conscious version. The COVID, of yeah. Is, the, the socially yeah. responsible. Yeah. yeah. Vampire. Believing in the science version right. of things. Yeah. The zombie. You imagine cares. Michael Myers with hmm? with a COVID mask on? Michael Myers with a COVID mask? He's like, oh, shit. What, what pattern would he have on his mask? You know, like, would he have uh, 
It's a good question. Kittens uh, or something? I actually have a Michael Myers mask. I have to show you guys. Please I bought do. Uh, this, 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 this mask company uh, that I've gotten a few for Aaron and Sydney. They did like a Monsters series. So I got a, uh, a Pennywise and a, a Michael Myers mask. That's pretty, they're kind of like pop. How's it look? They're like pop looking. You know, they're like uh, very colorful. They kind of look like the pop vinyl type deal. You know the way they're designed, oh. but um, yeah, I'll just send you a picture. They're really, they're really fun. But I, I could lend him mine if he needs it, Michael. If you need it, let me know. You know, if I know Michael Myers, it would probably say vote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh man, cool. Well, this has been a lot of fun, man. I can't wait to go through the Nightmare franchise. Obviously, it's going to be a blast. Can't wait to do that with you guys. Hope everybody has a safe Halloween. Um, we'll we'll check in next week. Uh, we're gonna do like a uh, a, a kind of like post election. Uh, not any kind of politics, nothing. We just want to talk about things that we've loved this year. You know, we want to focus on the positive, accentuate the positive, regardless of how the election turns out. This time next week, if you listen to Movie Movie, we'll be recommending uh, what we've seen this year so far that have made us feel good uh made us feel a certain way in a positive direction and it'll be stuff that you can access right away you can stream it you know and on a variety of platforms but the idea is you know we'll come out of this and uh hopefully if we know who our next president is by then i don't know if we will we may not by the time the this world may comes know out. but we definitely won't because we're going to we be won't. recording that episode for sure uh, <laughs> we is yeah. the inclusive of our wow, listeners but that's going to make it uh, wonderful it's going that actually yes. recording it before we yes. know is going to mean that we don't even have the option so whatever's yes. happening in the world we're going to be sitting here yeah just recommending some things and even if they're not like uplifting things we're just saying these are things we loved or these are good things uh yep. for, that this year has brought us so uh yeah yep. it'll be yep. our uh uh whoever wins we're we're uh we're you know looking on the bright side episode that's it that's it so it'll be out next week. Uh, Movieshmovie.com is where you can find our site. Facebook.com slash Movieshmovie. If you subscribe on any of the podcast platforms, please leave a review or a star rating, whatever option you have there to maybe leave us some feedback. It'd be great. And even better, if you could just share this, you know, like uh, text your friend, tell them about Movieshmovie, post it on Facebook, please do. wherever you are. If you can tell one person you know about this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully it kind of snowballs from there. But uh, we'll be back in a week. And as always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.